This morning we invite you to the book of James chapter 2. The book of James chapter 2. And we'll begin reading with verse number 1. And we'll be reading through that of verse 13 for your hearing this morning. James chapter 2 beginning with verse 1. James writes, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to them, him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit there under my footstool, are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor, do not rich rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which you're called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if thou committest no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty." For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of these verses here uh, this morning. Last week in our afternoon service, we considered the first four verses uh, of this chapter, verses 1 through 4. And we told you that the section consists of verses 1 through 13. And so we only covered just a few verses of this first section here in this chapter. The topic of this section is the sin of partiality. The sin of partiality. And James, he begins by writing, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Now that word respect of persons is one word in the Greek and it means partiality or that of favoritism. James here, he denounces the sin of partiality. He tells the brethren here, he says, do not, do not profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and show partiality towards others. He says, they don't mix. They don't go together. Don't do this. He exposes that of their sin 
here in verse number one. Now, in verse one, James, he calls upon them to not possess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or in other words, proclaim that you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you're a believer. And then also then show partiality because he says they don't mix. So the implication is, is, is that something is going on in the midst of the brethren and that something is what he has just stated. So James is very bold and he's going to get bolder as we get on further into the chapter. At one point in uh, the verses which are before us, he flat out comes out and tells them that it is sin. It is sin. And not only is it sin, but you're guilty of having done this. So in verse 1, he calls upon them uh, to not do this sin. He exposes the sin in verse 1. In verses 2 and 3, he gives the example. The example of this. And the example consists of two individuals. It consists of that of an assembly. And these two individuals, one is rich and one is poor. And these two individuals, they come into the assembly. As we said last week, this word assembly, uh, in the Greek, it means synagogue. Very appropriate uh, for the Jews. And so uh, the picture here is, is that of two individuals coming into the midst of the synagogue or that of the people uh, who have gathered together in that of the particular place to worship. And as they do, uh, the individual who seats the individuals that come in the door, he takes that of the rich man and he leads him all the way up to the front where this individual can be seen. And the poor man, in contrast to the rich man, he says, you just stand over here, or better yet, you sit over here uh, on my stool where no one can see you. So it, in, it is stark contrast between that of how these two individuals are dealt with. One is showing, shown that of great honor by being led up to the front, uh, displayed uh, in all of that of his fine garment, uh, his gold ring, and then the other individual, well, he's kind of kept back over in that of the corner. He is not honored in any way. He is dishonored. In verse 4, James rebukes the brethren. He writes, Are you not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? So James here, he rebukes them uh, for that of putting themselves in a position of judge. And in so doing, also judging and in their judgment, showing that of respect unto one and not to another. He says, you ought not to do this. 
Who made you a judge? And also, you know, back up in verse 1, he says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of person. He speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, one who is glorious, one who left all the glory of heaven and came to earth and took on that of loneliness. Uh, and did he show that of disrespect for that of the poor? Did he say to that of those that were lepers, uh, go away? No, beloved. No, he invited the sinners to come unto him. He, he said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. He healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers. No, he didn't show respect. And no respect was due was shown to him. And yet he was one who was glorious. And one who should have been shown glory. Respect and honor. In verses 5, 6, and 7, which will be the focus verses for our, our study this morning, James tells us in these verses why partiality is wrong. He tells us why partiality is wrong. We'll read those verses, verse 5, 6, and 7. James writes, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He has promised to them that love Him. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before judgment seat? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? Why partiality is wrong. Have you ever considered the question? Have you ever considered the question why partiality is wrong? First, let's make sure we understand what we're considering here. This respect of persons, this partiality that James here is dealing with, this sin it is favoring one person or party more than another and thus acting in a prejudiced or biased manner. This is what James here is speaking of. Examples of this in that of our day and time and throughout history would be that of favoring someone because of social status, that of one's race, that of wealth, what kind of clothes perhaps one is wearing. Maybe one is wearing designer clothes and another just has rags on, so to speak, or would be considered rags. That of education, etc. We could go on to give that of more examples. Have you ever experienced discrimination, prejudice, partiality because of your social status, your race, your religion, 
your wealth, your education, or for some other reason, have you ever experienced that? If so, what went through your mind? What was the first thought that ran through your mind? Perhaps, if you've experienced what we're talking about here this morning, it was, might be this. This is not right. Maybe not in such soft terms. Maybe louder. This isn't right. This is wrong. Or maybe it's, or was, why me? Why are they doing this to me? What have I ever done to deserve this? James gives us a reason why it's wrong. And that reason, number one, is, is it is contrary to that of God's will. It is contrary to God's will. Now look with me, if you will, to verse number 5. James begins this, these few verses with verse 5, and he writes, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He has promised to them that love Him? Now you may say, well, Brother Steve, that's not what James says. That's not what James says here. Let's begin to break down the verse here and I believe we'll see it a little bit clearer. First of all, James identifies himself with that of the readers here in verse 5. Like he has in the past. He says, Hearken my beloved brethren. My brethren. My beloved brethren. Three times James has used this phrase in associating himself with that of his readers. My brethren, my brethren according to the flesh, my brethren in the Lord, that is, ones who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and my beloved brethren, in other words, ones who I care about, ones who I have an affection for. They were special unto him. And he begins with hearken. The word hearken here comes from the Greek word akuo, which means to hear, to listen, to understand, or pay attention. You'll note here, which you may not have a Greek testament with you, but if you had a Greek testament, you would find and out of the breakdown of the verb here of akuo, that it is in the imperative mood. Now what do we know about the imperative mood? I've mentioned that many times uh, from the pulpit here. Well, 
the imperative mood, it implies that of a command, that of a strong exhortation or call. And in this case, James here, he is with that of a very strong call, calling upon that of his brethren to listen to him, to pay attention. Listen to me, James says. My beloved brethren. What does he tell them next? What's well, in a form of a question? He says, Has not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He has promised to them that love Him? James sets before his brethren the teaching of election. Now this may seem strange for James to do this. But before we get into the actual understanding of why that he does this, I would just say to you that James, he gives some wondrous truths about election here in this statement. And we're going to cover those in just a moment. But James uses the teaching concerning election to point out to you and to me and to that of his readers that God is not a respecter of persons. That God in his election does not show respect. A person. And who is it that he speaks of here in the text that is being chosen? That's the first thing I want to draw your attention to. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world? The very one or the character of the very one that he gave an example of back up in the earlier verses. He says, Hath not God chosen? Hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? Poor of this world. That is, the poor as one would look upon one that would be poor as far as the things of this world is concerned. Or just doesn't have anything. James says God has chosen the poor of this world. Chosen, chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He has promised to them that love Him. Now, beloved, there's no way around getting around that of the fact that James here is speaking of the truth that we know of as that of election. There's no way around it. Note 
how he describes those that he speaks of here as poor whom God has chosen. He says, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? That's the first thing. And secondly, heirs of the kingdom. And then thirdly, which He has promised to them that love Him. James here sets before us the fact of election. That of the one who does the electing. That of three blessings of election here. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Listen to me. Pay attention, my beloved brethren. Has not God chosen? The word chosen there is the same Greek word that is found over in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, where Paul is writing, and he writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world in love. Same Greek word. It means to select out. To select out. And before we get any further, let's talk about the poor here. James here, here is not saying Understand this. He is not saying that God has chosen all of the poor rich in faith. But what He is saying, He says that God has chosen. Hearken, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? Of course, James here is using a rhetorical question. And the answer to the question is yes. God has chosen the poor of this world rich in faith. Not all of them. Just like in that of the opposite or contrast, rich God hasn't chosen all the rich. Or God hasn't said, well, all the rich I'm going to leave behind. Has He? No, God has chosen. Chosen a people for Himself. And amongst that multitude of, of, of individuals, of people that no man can number, there is the poor, there is the rich. They're from all, all, all different nations. All different people. So God is not a respecter of persons. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? Ah, oh, beloved. I had, I had never seen this until I was studying the passage. 
this week. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? What is what is James saying here? What is James saying with regards to the poor that has been chosen? He's saying that God has chosen them. And how has He chosen? Chosen them in rich in faith. Or as several later translations brings out, to have rich faith. <coughs> he has chosen them to have rich faith. In other words, what James James here is telling us is, is that these ones who are chosen, these poor ones, is not because they believe, beloved. No, it's totally the opposite way. Beloved, God chose them. And it wasn't because of anything in in of themselves. It wasn't because of their faith. No, beloved, their faith was a result of that of God having chosen them. Chosen them unto that of a rich faith. You see, faith is a gift of God. God in His grace choosing a people for Himself, granting unto them, beloved, faith. Because, beloved, that's the only way that one ever would have that of faith, that of saving faith. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? Not only rich in faith, but heirs of the kingdom. In other words, they have an inheritance. And it's because of who they are. No. No. By no means. Because of God's grace. God's grace. God having chosen them. Rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom which He has promised to them that love Him. In other words, the kingdom being promised unto them. To them who? <clears throat> that love Him. That love Him. Now how is it that they love Him? How is it that you love the Lord? If you do. How is it that you love Him? Remember that verse over in 1 John? We love Him because He first loved us. He first loved us. 
That word hearken here, if you look over in the Old Testament, you find that in the law, in the prophets, and in the writings or the Psalms, the wisdom books, that word hearken is in the Hebrew there. It is used by the writers to draw attention of people and people to what is about to be said. And James here, he uses the counterpart only the Greek one. Greek verb here, hearken. Here, therefore, O Israel, observe and do it is an example. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. James wanted their full attention. That's why he used that word hearken. And he wanted them to understand this right here. God is not a respecter of persons. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15, Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Second Chronicles 19, verse 7, Wherefore now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it. For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. In the New Testament, we have several passages. Romans chapter 1 or 2, I believe it is, it says God is a respecter of persons. And there are several other places in the New Testament. It's contrary to that of God's way. But as we come on down, in verses 6 and 7, James writes, But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? Note verse 6. But, it's a but of contrast. It is a but of contrast between that of what James has set forth just previously in verse number 5, and that of what is happening amongst the brethren. Note what he says. But ye, plural, but ye have despised the poor. You have showed that of dishonor unto the poor in the manner in which you have treated them, in the manner in which you have pushed them to the side. And he says, Do not the rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? James, he 
presses them and right out and out sets before them their sin. He says, you have committed this sin. You have despised the poor. And does it make sense? You've shown despite to the poor and you've shown honor to that of the rich. And he says, what do the rich do to you? Do not the rich oppress you and draw you before the judgment seat? Seats? The word oppress, the word draw there. The word oppress means to come down on or keep down by unjust use of one's authority. The word draw means to lead someone away by force against their will. James here, he says, look at that of the rich and what they do unto you. And beloved, who are the rich here that James is speaking of? Surely not those who are children of God for them to treat brethren that way. But above all, know what he says in verse 8. Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which you're called? In other words, don't they slander? Don't they attack that name? And in so doing, that of the very person that you claim to have faith in, believe that He's your Savior, your, your, your Lord, do they not they attack Him? That of His name by which you are called? Do they not slander? So James gives here two reasons, two major reasons. Why partiality is wrong. Number one, and first and foremost, is, is it's not God's way. It's not God's way. God is no respecter of persons, and if we're to be followers of God, then we ought not to be respecter of persons. Number two, he uses that of what is going on to basically say what you are doing, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Beloved, when we think of that of the sin that is being spoken of here, it's out of how that we're dealing, how that we're dealing with that of our brothers and sisters are those who we come into contact with. It's wrong to discriminate because it's contrary to God's will. It's wrong to discriminate because it's contrary to that of common sense. Because who made us a judge? And the very ones that we're showing that of respect unto 
other words, we're lifting them up. We're ones that do us harm. Do not discriminate. Be careful how you answer. Do you, do, do you discriminate? Be careful how you answer that question. May we show the love that God has shown to us personally <coughs> to one another. And not only to one another, but to those that we come into contact with. All right. In the back of your bulletin, we have an old hymn. Let us stand. Uh, 
uh, to take the gospel uh, or to the lost. Father, do bless us. Help us to be light and salt here in this present evil age. Lord, do bless uh, your good news to our own families. We pray that you would uh, be their teacher. May they all be taught of thee. Uh, Father, do bless those not with us. We think of Cheryl and Sarah. And then, Father, we lift up uh, Valerie. Uh, Lord, especially we pray that you would give her health and uh, Lord, uh, raise her up. Uh, Lord, comfort Sh uh, Sarah. Lord, do, uh, help us to be uh, a fellowship, a family to her. Father, do uh, bless us to grow in our grace and knowledge of thee, to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. May his life be on display in our lives, in our mortal flesh. Father, we uh, thank thee for every blessing. We acknowledge you are the fount of all things good. Uh, Lord, we uh, pray now that as, as we part, may we know your fellowship throughout this coming week. May we be directed uh, to know and do thy will. We pray this all and we give thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank <coughs> you.